eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Houston, we have a podcast. You're listening to the Premier Rockets Podcast. It's H-Town Hoops, hosted by Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. All right, it is the H-Town Hoops Podcast. I am Brandon Scott, joined as always by Adam Spillane. We are of SportsRadio610.com here in Houston. And Adam, we are right at about the halfway point of the season i guess technically it's not the halfway point of the season but it's pretty doggone close i mean it's 40 it's four last last night was game 41 was game was game 41 okay yeah so so we are there we are there so we are at that point exactly at the halfway point of the season look at me doing math poorly already uh as we get so if if there was an award for i guess worst worst math doer on the podcast which there is not yet uh but if there was i would have won that already but uh, we wanted to do this, man. I, I, I took note of the one that we did last year on SportsRadio610.com. I think it's a really cool way to be reflective of the season and, you know, just sort of a good opportunity to evaluate the team. So uh, looking forward to doing this. Um, let's start, Adam, with especially since this is a young team and it's all about development we talked in the previous episode on this podcast what Jalen Green said early on in the season. No losses, just lessons. Okay, so if the, if it if, it, if that's the case, such a young team, let's focus on the youth to start. The best rookie so far, halfway, officially halfway through the season for the Rockets. Who would you say the best rookie is? And I guess I guess our choices would be Jabari Smith. Uh, Tari Eason and Ty Ty Washington. Where would you go with this one? I would probably pick Jabari Smith Jr. I don't think that he's been particularly good, but I do think that they ask him to do a lot more than Tari Eason. I, 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 you know, Ty Ty Washington has barely played, so I can't put him in there. So it's between Tari Eason and Jabari Smith Jr. And you could probably say that Eason has been the better player of the two. But the Rockets just don't ask a whole lot of him. That's why I would put Jabari Smith in there. Um, he's much more involved in the offense. He oftentimes is defending maybe not the teams. It depends the best, you know, three, 
three, four, five, or three or four, you know, wing wing player, he's going to defend that guy, whether it's been Giannis or Luka Doncic. So I give it to Jabari Smith Jr. Again, hasn't looked great. It's been rough at times. Uh, the numbers aren't very good, but he has at least shown what he can do, and he's shown why they drafted him where they did. Yeah, I, I think it's without question that he's been their best rookie, even though he hasn't actually like there are there are numbers and you can go with some of the advanced numbers and you provide the context there of them asking to do way more than Jabari Smith or, or Jabari Smith being asked to do way more than any of the other rookies. But there are some advanced numbers that favor Tari Eason, um, I think, in, in, in some in some particular ways, I think he's. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but he's got the best defensive rating per 100 possessions of anybody on the team, him and Usman Garuba. Uh, but like, and they play together and they play and they, with, you know, a lot of that is who you're on the floor with. So. Right. Exactly. It, it, exactly. Exactly. And so like there, there are some things that, that, that would say, Hey, you know, and, I, and I've heard this too. I've seen people actually say this and I laugh at it because I'm like, you, well, you can't be serious. They're like, man, Tari is actually the, the, be, the better rookie. And I'm like, well, you could say, here's what I'll say. I think Tari Eason is probably playing better or has been more impressive in the role that he will be playing in and what he will be asked to do, the type of player that he's going to be ultimately. I think Tari Eason is probably excelling more in his role and what his role is going to be for the entirety of his career more than likely, uh, more so than Jabari Smith. Like Jabari Smith is going to be, a frontline player, you know what I mean? He's going to have an opportunity to be an all defensive type of all NBA defensive type of guy. Um, and you know, maybe even a 20 and 10 guy perennially sort of thing, you know, and, and there's going to be somebody that like, he's already guarding Giannis, you know? So like, he's going to get those type of assignments. And, and, you know, like if, if that's what, if that's what you're already sort of doing as a rookie, or if that's what the projection is, and he's even looking like, somewhat competent or adequate which he has like he's had some really good games you know now it's been it's been rough at times too but it's not like you don't see it you know you'd like to see more of it I think I think a lot of us could agree on that you'd like to see a whole lot more of it but you do see some of it and 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 at least at this point you're not like confused as to why somebody would take this guy with the number three overall pick or why the projection is like you say if you didn't watch him at Auburn why is the projection of Jabari Smith Jr. the way it is? You could you can see that even through the struggles. And so I would give him best rookie, even though I would acknowledge that Tari Eason is probably one that's playing his role better as a rookie than Jabari Smith Jr. is right now. Let's put it this way. Let's swap the two roles. Let's put Tari Eason in Jabari Smith's role, and let's put Jabari Smith in Tari Eason's role. What would the results be? I yeah. feel like Tari Eason would do a whole lot worse than Jabari Smith if he had that role, and I do think that Jabari Smith would do a whole lot better if he had Tari Eason's role. Yeah, it, it probably just just would happen. You know, it is it is exactly the way it is by design and for a good reason, and so and so we can uh, we can leave it at that. How about most improved player, Adam? Who would you say is the most improved player on the Rocket squad this year? I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Because I'm still I'm still in between. Still in between. Still in between on this. Yeah. So for me, I'm I was a little bit in between as well. Um, to be quite honest with you, but I'm gonna go. And I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant to do this because uh because of the sort of the 
the hive and the mania, and I don't want to get caught up in it. But I'm going to go with Alperin Shingon. I'm going to go with Alperin Shingon. I think that uh, I think Alperin Shingon. Oh, oh, you know what? Can I can I change it? Actually, no. Can I, can I change it? Can no, I change it? Change it. You already made your vote. You already sent it. Can I did I did I did I send it in? Can I change it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. How about this? I make the case for Alperin Shingun, and then I'll just tell you who I would have changed it for. How about that? So so I can so I'll stick with my convictions. I think Alperin Shingun because he's doing a lot, he seems to be doing a lot better. Like it always comes up with the fouling and the defense, and and the defense is not very good. Uh, but dude, Alperin Shingun, I feel like is. Uh, is like, and maybe it's because Christian Wood's not there anymore. But as the starting center, he's I think he's shown that he's somebody that they can run an offense through, and that not somebody that they can run an offense through like for an entire game. But like during stretches, the different stretches of the game, he's somebody that I feel like they can rely on um, to make smart passes, to make good decisions. If, if only that shot could develop. Like I think you're really talking about a borderline all-star player. So I'm going to give it to Alperin Shingun. The one I would have changed it to would have been the obvious, and I'm pretty sure this is who you're going to pick. Uh, would have been KJ Martin because that's that because that's that that is the that is actually the, actually the clear answer. But but I'll go with Alperin Shingun and let you cook on KJ. Yeah, I, I was I was in between both, and I think when when we came on, I think at the last second I did change it to KJ Martin because. While Shingun offensively has been good and he has shown flashes and he's shown at least defensively that he at least knows what he's supposed to do, but just he, he, it's just so bad on that end that I can't give it to him. And for Martin, he just doesn't have any weaknesses. Like there really aren't weaknesses to his game anymore, it feels like. And he's gotten so much more solid on the defensive end of the floor. He's able to do so much more offensively than he was last year. And he's really played himself into a role with this team. I don't know if necessarily – they were he was like right in the middle of what they thought their future was but it feels like he is now uh he's just become so versatile so yeah i think it's kj martin yeah yeah i mean the the case is there like there's that play where he catches the outlet pass like right around either mid court or three quarters court one dribble and it's just and of course, it, the, his athleticism was no mystery to us. That's not like a revelation or anything. But when you see just how things come together for him, like the he's already got that athleticism, the part that we knew about, okay, those highlight plays. But then how things have come together for him with his ball handling, with his defense. Um, you talk about guys like standing around and not knowing what to do. K.J. Martin – and I don't know if I was expecting this or if this is something that I would have said at the beginning of the season. I'm, I'm going to say it wasn't actually. KJ Martin is one of their more high, higher IQ basketball players on this entire basketball team, on this entire team. You know, and, and I didn't, I didn't really view him in that way coming into the year. Wouldn't have anyway. Um, nothing, not not like as a slight or a knock. It just wasn't front of mind. You know, based off of maybe it was just you know being so overwhelmed by the athleticism and everything else that he does physically. But, yeah, man, I mean, this is one of their – like, he's one of the guys that knows to move without the basketball, to cut. And maybe that's, you know, because he knows how damn athletic he is. But he's one of their more high IQ guys on the team, at least basketball-wise, and and certainly it makes a, makes a great case. With Shingun, I'm glad you said it the way you did. That's probably a better way to say it is that at least he knows where he's supposed to be. 
he just is so damn bad defensively, man. It's so, so, so bad. Like to the point of like, maybe, maybe I would have a stronger case for him if they didn't have to sub in Garuba or Bruno Fernando at the end of games defensively for Alperen Shingun, because he could stay out there either because they could rely on him to, to guard the other guy or, or to, uh, to not get in foul trouble, you know, then they were doing that, um, earlier on in the, in the year, in the season. So, uh, so, so yeah, man, but I love Alpi's game, um, and, and hoping that it continues to develop to, to develop. Um, but definitely, um, a big fan of the improvement that I've seen from him so far. Um, who would you say is the best defender on this team that, you know, has, has its lapses on defense, just like they do on offense. They have some lapses on defense, but if you had to pick the best defender on here, and th- this one was actually one of the more interesting ones to me, because I feel like there are maybe two or three different candidates you, that you could go with, but, there probably is a favorite. Who would you go with? I would say Usman Garuba. Um, mm. I just think that he he just you can do a lot of different things with him. They're able to switch. He can hold up against isolations. Um, you know, he's not great at it. I mean, he's still a little small, and again, this is the first time that he's really played NBA basketball. But he doesn't shy away from anything. And you've seen him go, you know, nose to nose with Luka Doncic multiple times this year, and he's handled he's handled isolations against Steph Curry. Uh, the numbers with him on the floor defensively are very, very good. There's a reason why they have the best crunch time defense, or at least they did. You know, they had the best crunch time defense in the league, and they haven't been in that situation in a while. But he's a big reason why they are so good in crunch time is because he's on the floor, and um, he just—he's just overall solid. He's not—he hasn't been great, but I don't expect him to be great because while he's not a rookie, he's basically a rookie having barely played last year. So I think that it's been really encouraging what you've seen from him on that end of the floor it's why they drafted him now it's about hey let's get a little bit more going offensively with you so that you can actually be on the floor and we're not playing four on five when you're out there so i, I give it to, to garuba uh kj martin would have been my number two all right well if you're gonna go with uzman i actually agree with you we're on uzman garuba but to make this more interesting and 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 more fun i'll go with someone else i agree with you on uzman garuba um yeah, I, I think honestly I mean, let's just be real about it. He wouldn't be on the team if he couldn't defend. Like there was, he wouldn't. He <laughs> right. He right. And if he wouldn't be on this team, he wouldn't be in the league. Because I mean, this is this team is what it is. It's it's what we've uh, been talking about. What we've been saying it is. So so yeah, Usman Garuba is the answer. KJ Martin as your number two is interesting. I won't go with that one either because uh, I think that one is interesting as well. Certainly a case just to make this fun. I'm going to go with Tari Eason. I'm going to go with Tari Eason. And, and, and of course, you picked the best, pretty much the best candidates, but I'll make the case for Tari Eason here. Again, for his role, they're not going to ask Tari Eason to guard the best player for X amount of minutes per night, right? That's just not the role that he's playing um, on the team right now. But for but in his role and for what he does, um, I, I and, and, again, Tari fits along the same lines of everybody else that haven't really been able to figure out how, how to get their jumper right. Haven't been able to figure out exactly uh, what they're doing offensively. He has not been great on offense. His shot has not been great. He's been awful with layups. And and I just I wish I understood that better because, I mean, he's, he's a good enough 
athlete and basketball player to be much better than that. But defensively, if there's something I would say I really feel good about, it is it is him defensively. Um, and these are stats that um, that maybe could be misleading a little bit. But I, like I mentioned earlier, him and Garuba, um, they play they often play together, but lead the team in defensive rating uh, per 100 possession. And that is, you know, again, a stat that that, you know, would be reflective of them playing together. Uh, but I think they benefit from both of them being really good defenders um, and the and the team benefits uh, from that when they're out there on the floor together. Um, interesting, I saw that Jabari, it's it's actually Tari and Jabari who lead the team in defensive win shares. I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, but another another feather in Tari's cap or a feather in Tari's cap though uh for the argument for best defender so yeah it's probably Usman Garuba um and I think you could maybe even make a case for Jabari just from the from the standpoint that you could put him on anybody um sort of the, the for the same reason why Jabari is the best rookie <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways for a lot of reasons makes is the same reason why he's the best defender he was drafted in a lot of uh, you know in part in large part because of what he's going to be defensively and you've seen the flashes of that so he makes a a really good case but um but just to make it fun and to make it interesting i think that tari eason uh makes a pretty good case for his role as the best defender what you think uh he makes plays and he gets a lot of deflections and the ball tends to find him but he makes a lot of mistakes <laughs> and so the mistakes tend to outweigh some of the, some of the good things for me garuba is just solid and he's yeah. not going to make nearly the same number of mistakes as you might get from Eason. but you know they, yeah. he has shown flashes but again this is a pretty bad defensive team so it's not it's not real easy to necessarily pick out of the guys who play all the minutes yeah yeah and garuba is probably the best one if you're gonna if mistakes is gonna be a problem because after well after garuba and probably martin like you mentioned after garuba and kj martin most of the guys make a lot of mistakes. Yes. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a lot of mistakes made out there. So uh so it'll be hard to go with anybody else out there with, uh without making that a qualifier. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This one seems like this might be the easiest one, Adam. Most disappointing player. Who gets who gets this award probably the one that nobody wants the least desirable award out of all of them that we got on here who gets the most disappointing award halfway through the season so i'm going to give you two but i'm not going to say one of the ones that i think you're going to say because i'm going to let you cook on that one okay. so my two my first one is eric gordon just because he he just hasn't played at a very high level he really he's played poorly he's been surly and grumpy and yeah it just it just hasn't been he just hasn't been good so he's he's number one on my ballot and then number two is Josh Christopher. And he just, the fact that he hasn't been able to find his way into this rotation still 
halfway through the year and, you know, going to summer league, just the fact that there has been no improvement whatsoever to his game to me, that has him on this list for me. And, you know, there's still, there's still certainly time for him to become a really good player. He's only, I think he just turned 21. So, you know, he's got plenty of time, but it just hasn't been there. And, I thought that you would see him crack through at some point. And he's had there have been opportunities. No one else, no one else wouldn't grab that backup point guard job. No one else has grabbed that that fourth guard spot while while Jay Sean Tate was out. And the fact that he could not get that spot, could not win that job, has him number one on my most disappointing player ballot. Or I, I think I said Gord number one, but whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to your point though, man, it looks like because of everything that you just talked about, I mean, he's He's on the verge of not being on this team pretty soon, it feels like, you know, um, I mean, I know you just he was just drafted last year. But I mean, what what's going to be the motivation for keeping him around if there's if there's no clear sign of development and there's no obvious like utility or place to put him? Yeah, you know? I mean, they, they picked up his option for next year. But if 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 it keeps on, if this keeps on, then it's hard for me to think that they would pick up his fourth year option. So I just – it doesn't feel like he's in their plans right now just by the fact that he's just not playing. I mean, he he really – there are there have been very few nights where it seems like he's been actually part of the game plan. There were – you know, he had opportunities when Eric Gordon didn't play and, and now and he didn't take advantage of them. So that – I don't know – you know, I don't know how he practices. I don't know how he looks in practice. But the fact that he's not getting into games makes me seem like it makes it seem like he's not practicing well either. And he has not played well in the games when he's gotten the opportunity. So um, it looked like he was a guy for them. It looked like he was going to be a good player for them. And he's just he's gone backwards. Yeah, a little bit surprising for me, too, because, you know, from everything you understand and know about his work ethic and, and sort of his pedigree, you would expect him to be someone who would be fighting scrapping and clawing you know scratching and clawing to get in the mix and i'm not saying he's not i don't i don't know exactly what's going on there and why what the reason is for that but uh but definitely disappointing all right man another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The main guy, the the number one guy, the the... The star character in all of this, the one who I have been telling people is going to be the reason why the Rockets in the next couple of years will be a playoff team. will have the potential to go to a Western Conference Finals in the next, let's call it, three or four years. At least I thought that. I was saying it. Hey, you know, in, in the next few years, they could be in the conference semifinals, surely, you know, under the under the leadership of one Jalen green, because he's that kind of player. He's that kind of talent at the very least. He's going to be that kind of score. And he seems to have that mentality. Kind of like I was just mentioning with Josh Christopher, like, you know, I, I make no, uh, no qualms or mistakes uh, about what the, the work ethic I thought or believe Jalen green to have, you know, uh, coming into coming into this season and everything that I kind of had read and understood about him, uh, when they drafted them. So, so they're there for me. And, and especially this too, Adam, there, there for me was an expectation of, 
Jalen Green taking a step and showing more signs of being that frontline guy. And I think at times he has done that. We talked about this, him getting to the line more, his shot selection being a lot better. He just His jumpers just broke. He's just not able to really hit shots right now. And then sometimes it 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 boils into effort and body language and, and other elements of the game. But for me, man, I thought after last year when, when he doesn't even sniff rookie of the year, and rightfully so, like what was he for fourth? Was he fourth or fifth in voting? Fourth. Fourth? He's for he's the second overall pick and arguably the most talented guy. And in a position, you know, unlike Evan Mobley, as, as we've talked about and mentioned before, when we talked about other rookies, Evan Mobley is not asked to do as much as some of the other ones are, is not asked to lead the team, and, and therefore is not in a position to lead the team the way Jalen Green is. And, and, and you can argue, you know, he's just not ready at this point in his development. But to me, man, when you finish fourth in rookie of the year voting, and, and, and you can't convince me that that's not something that matters to him. OK. And, and you are the number two pick who thought you should have been the number one overall pick because everybody thinks they should be the number one overall pick. Right. And then you come out and this is this is what we're getting. You know, the 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 losing is getting to you. And so it affects the effort, the jump shot. You know, I sympathize a little bit because. I know he's trying to find it and I know he's trying to figure it out, but the calling card is supposed to be the scoring ability and the feeling that he's going to be a future scoring champion and the jumpers looking like that. You know, it, it feels like here's what I'll say to, to make it a, a less long winded rant and tangent. He's the most disappointing player for me because he's the one that seems to have regressed the most. But out of out of the ones that matter, I think like like Josh Christopher, I think might have a better case for that. But out of like the 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 frontline guys that matter, I feel like everyone has taken a little bit more of a step. Like, and I don't want to negate the steps that he has taken. You know, like I mentioned, you know, adding some to his body, um, or at least earlier in the season, it looked like he was doing better defensively, uh, shot selection, getting to the line. But it's just it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough yet at this point. Uh, and, and and to me, that's the that's the most disappointing part about it. I think the expectations were just too high. I mean, he's, 20. he's, 20, yeah. he's 20 years old. And, and I do think that people saw what he did that last month of last season. And it's like, oh, this guy's in the Hall of Fame and he's an average 25. And no, it's not like that. It's not that easy. And you're seeing it from just the other rookies in that class. I mean. We, we already talked about this a minute ago. Scotty Barnes has had a lousy year in Toronto. Like this is just part of development and part of growth. And it's, they call it the sophomore slump for a reason. Yeah. And he, he, like he needs to be better certainly, but I don't think he's gotten worse. I think he's, he's been a worse shooter this year. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I, I don't think that necessarily in the defense hasn't been good. I don't know if he's a worse defender. I think that his focus on that end of the floor has gotten worse, but I, I do think that you have seen signs of him getting better, especially on the offensive end of the floor, when it comes to the handle, when it comes to making plays for others, uh, Silas brought this up uh, yesterday. He had five assists in the first half against Minnesota. You know, that's, that's something that he wasn't able to do last year. And he's been able to get that two-man game going with Alfred Shingun again. That stuff that wasn't there for he had 13 assists total to Alfred Shingun all of last season, and he hit that in like the first two weeks of, of of this season. 
So yeah. he's he's taken steps in that regard. But again, it hasn't it hasn't looked great. And I'll I'll be the first one to admit it has not looked great. And he has I think that you were you were hoping to see more, but I don't think it should be that big a surprise that it has looked like this. Yeah, I, I think I worded it incorrectly when I say he got he's gotten worse because you're right, he hasn't gotten worse. What I probably should have said is he is the one who I feel worse about. He is the only one who I feel worse about out of the guys who were here last year. Like I feel I feel better about I don't know how much, but I feel better about Kevin Porter Jr. than I did. I feel better about Alfred Shingoon. I don't feel better about Jalen Green. If anything, he has gotten better marginally. Okay. And we've explained where he's gotten better along the margins. But I somehow, even as he's gotten better along the margins, because it hasn't been, and, and this is to your point about the expectations probably being too high, I think that's fair, since, since he has not come close to meeting those expectations, therefore the feeling is worse as opposed to him being a worse player. That that part, you're right, is probably not a fair characterization because as I just mentioned, even as I was saying all of that, he's gotten better in all of these other areas. It just doesn't feel like it's quite enough. All right. Let me find really quick because I I heard about this uh, today, and Stephen Silas brought up like he went down the list. You know, I basically asked him, you know, what what have you seen that you've been happy with this season? And this is what he said. Let me as soon as I can find it. Um, Yeah, he did bring up because because I mean I I didn't prompt him on this. He brought up Jalen Green. Yeah, he Uh, talked about him getting to the. I read your thing, your deal on. uh, This was on Gallery Sports. Yeah, so Uh, so, I mean, they they talked about um, him getting to the free throw line and the assists. And I'm gonna just do a search because I can't find it. But yeah, him getting to the free throw line and making plays for others. I mean, this is all part of it, and this is part of the offense. And you know, you're going to go through stretches where you don't shoot the ball well. That's just how basketball is. And sometimes there'll be long stretches. Sometimes there'll be short stretches. But you have to be able to score and create offense in other ways. And Jalen Green has shown that he can do that, whether it's making plays for others, whether it's getting to the free throw line. Because you remember last year, if he didn't shoot the three well, which he didn't oftentimes early last season, he was going to have a rough night. He had that 30-point game against Boston. I think it was his third game of the year maybe. Um, And that was because he made eight threes. But if he wasn't making eight threes he wasn't having good games now he can get 30 without even making a three and i think that's what you're seeing him do this year that he wasn't able to do last year at some point i would think the threes will start to fall and, and I, I figure at some point the shots will start to drop but until that happens it's not going to look great but at least he can do stuff uh when he isn't making shots yeah i think maybe somewhere deep down i still haven't forgiven him for um, for making me look bad for going all in on him in the slam dunk contest last year. I I, I, I told anybody that would listen that Jalen Green was going to walk away with that thing. Um, and and uh, it, that was, that was far from the case. So, uh, so maybe there's a, maybe there's a little unconscious bias there. Me just uh, uh, not liking that Jalen Green made me look bad in front of all of my, uh, all of my other, all my other friends who, you know, who probably who probably were, were, were going for somebody else. So, uh, but yeah, I, I digress. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Best moment 
best moment? What would you say? I think there are a couple of candidates for this, even though. Uh, yeah, well, I was just about to say, even though there aren't a lot, I mean, they got 10 wins. So in theory, you could say that you only got like (laughs) 10 moments that you could even pick from uh, halfway through the season. But I I, I got a couple in mind. Which one would you go with? The best moment will be game 82 when the final buzzer sounds for game 82. That'll be the best moment. Now, for me, the the best moment is is the win they had over Atlanta. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I think it was November. Uh, They were sitting with three wins, and um, they're down by a dozen points, and DeJounte Murray is just clowning them, and he hits a three uh, over Jabari Smith Jr., and on the way back down the floor, he taps Jabari Smith on the head, and that kind of set the Rockets off, and the Rockets showed a lot of competitiveness, and they came back, and they won that game, and that started probably their best stretch of the season. So for me, that's their best moment. Um, Jabari Smith even told me he thought, and this was last month, he told me that he thought that was their best moment of the year. I don't think they've won a game since he told me that. So I think that's a pretty easy one for me is uh, the win over Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think that's a good selection. It was one of the two that that I was going to go with. Uh, you mentioned the DeJounte Murray part of it. Uh, I thought that was a really good sort of rallying moment for the team, for the young nucleus, because you saw Jalen Green come to his defense there. Uh, at some point during that game and and I know it earlier in the season there was a clip of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith sort of having a heated discussion let's call it on the sideline and you know how everyone wants to overreact to moments like that uh, especially when they don't know what the relationship dynamic is and the relationship dynamic is new and so they want to they'll, they'll take the clip and make of it what they want to make of it and I think it sort of started a little bit of conversation, not amongst people who like really matter, right? Well, I mean, just like chatter, right? Uh, uh, amongst maybe a, a segment of the fan base. And then you saw that moment where it's like, nah, these guys are teammates. And, and as you've mentioned before, and what is just obvious, they're stuck together. <laughs> you know, they, they are teammates. They are a package deal at this point, for uh, at least for right now, for sure, uh, for the foreseeable future, for sure. And so I thought that was a really cool moment to see them united or, or to see Jalen Green, the one that, you know, the second year vet come to the defense of a rookie uh, and, and see some unity there. And, and like you mentioned, man, that seems to to ignite a little bit of fire in them, you know, and, and I was able to appreciate that. Uh, and they did, um, you know, did go seem to kind of go on a little bit of a of a run of good basketball. I'm, I'm going to go with aside. So aside from that, when I'm with you, aside from that, when I'm going to go ahead and go with with mine, um, the win on uh, the, the the day, the, the night that Stephen Silas could not be there because of the death of his father, Paul Silas, and John Lucas stepped in as head coach. And on that night, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought up until that point, they had played some of the best basketball uh, of the season, like overall. Like they, they'd had a couple of games like that, but it was one of those where they played the best basketball and had a stretch there. Uh, a couple of really cool moments. Uh, we talked a lot about Jalen Green and, K- and K.J. Martin uh, and, of course, Kevin Porter Jr. All of those guys had some really cool – Jabari Smith had some really cool moments. I know Jabari, that was that was the game where he didn't really shoot well or have a great offensive game but impacted the game in a, just a, such a non-box score kind of way. You know, you remember this. You know, it was a, it was one of those where, like, you really would have, to, would have had to watch the game to really understand what his impact is. And honestly, I think that that's a game that makes the best case for why he is the rook, the best rookie 
you know uh kind of going back to our earlier point it's like even when everything's not going exactly right uh numbers wise or, or whatever it may be there's a value there in having a guy like that who can guard anybody and, and, and can at least come up with a big shot even when he's not shooting well so uh so that that that's my moment obviously there's an emotional component to that because of the death of paul silas and then doing that um seemingly you know in honor of you know the silas family as they tried to grieve through that moment and um and, and you know of course that was a that's a tough time uh but but to to do it at that time against that opponent and in that fashion the only thing the only bad thing about that game is that they were wearing the san diego Rockets shirts uh jerseys and they refused to to change the court to 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 reflect that so they were out there in san diego Rockets jerseys in a you know green jerseys on a red court and 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 it wasn't christmas yet and there's gold in there and it just didn't make a it didn't make any sense uh you know like color scheme wise and visually um but but certainly from a basketball standpoint from an emotional standpoint i thought that was a really cool moment for them yeah the other the other game that i would put up there was when they beat uh the sixers with james hardy and joel bead when they won that game in yep. that was a really good win for them and they played at a high level that game yeah agreed agreed uh i thought that um you know and that was it's funny that was our opportunity to kind of talk about the relationships that James Harden has with the players on this team. You know, he talked about Josh Christopher wearing his number at Arizona State, uh, him being somebody that that communicates with Jalen Green fairly frequently, and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, really looking up to him, just sort of patting into I guess parts of his game after the guy. Um, and then you know, just a few weeks later, the 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 national media gets a hold of the report that uh or or runs with the report that he would be willing to come here which i mean that's no that you know no secret to us that james still loves it here in houston um uh, you know um but you know he got that i say that to say that was an up close and personal look and he again he already knows these guys but that was an up close and personal look of what could be you know jane auditioning for james harden you know, oh, maybe your free agent acquisition of the summer. There's a scheduling quirk this weekend because the uh, Sixers and Rockets are both in L.A. Uh, the Rockets play the Clippers Sunday afternoon uh, at whatever they call Staples Center now. And then the uh, Sixers play the Lakers uh, Sunday night. So they yeah. will both be in L.A. at the same time. Yeah, it's like it's it's like its own, not really, but its own kind of little miniature version of the bubble. Yeah, you know, that's, like, that's what that's yeah. what a doubleheader in LA tends to be on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, man. Most fun player. I feel I actually feel a little bit better about this one because I because I whiffed on most improved. So where are you going to go with most fun player? They got a couple Boban. of those actually. They got a couple of those. Boban. Boban. Okay, I like that. I can dig that. Just seems like a nice guy. I yeah. mean, they're they're all so young they're all fun in their own way because just of just how athletic so many of them are and you can see a highlight basically anytime down the floor um kj martin's dunks jalen green's dunks kevin porter jr can do some really cool stuff with the basketball uh so i think that you know in their own way shingun with the basketball can do a lot of different things especially when he gets out going on the break i think that's a lot of fun so i think you can go in in any one I, I, you can go in any direction with it i think i would probably go shingun when he's got the ball and he's running the fast break himself 
Yeah, but Boban's in commercials and movies and stuff, man. Boban's I mean, well, the most famous player they have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would agree with that. Uh, well, I mean, J- Jalen Green, maybe because of the Instagram. Well, I don't know. Boban, Boban, probably you're probably right. Yeah, Boban's probably is the most famous. I, I would say maybe Jalen with the younger crowd, a crowd that I'm just probably not as connected with, um, and probably don't fully understand. But, um, but he's he's got he's got a lot of fame there uh, as well. But I, I'm gonna go with you know. Normally for me it would be like Jalen Green, but I just went on the rant for why I'm disappointed in Jalen Green this year. So I'm gonna go with uh the first other guy that you mentioned after Boban, KJ Martin. And for a lot of the reasons that you picked him as the most improved player, uh, because man, he's got the high IQ, does the right thing on the basketball court, doesn't have too many weaknesses, if any, in his game, can handle the ball a little bit now. Um, is just a highlight reel on the fast break uh, blocks. You know, like you remember his rookie year when he was just blocking everything in sight, um, still has the ability and the potential to do things like that. K.J. Martin, when he gets the ball in his hand, when he doesn't have the ball in his hand, is just like I, I'm always fascinated to see when he gets on the court, what's the next thing that he's going to do? Um, who's Who is he about to put in the rim uh, on a poster? He's just that type of guy. So I would go with KJ Martin. I think Jalen Green's probably the easiest answer. I know you said Shingoon. For me, Shingoon is Shingoon might be the most interesting player because some of the things that he does on the court don't always make sense to me. Like, how, like wait, how did he how did he do that without traveling? How did how did they not block that? You know, or how did they get how do they always get fooled by that pump fake? They know he's not gonna go, they know he's not gonna dunk on them. And then sometimes he might actually, you know, is that you're like, oh, I thought he wasn't athletic. And then he'll, you know, he'll punch it on somebody. So he's the most interesting player probably, but the most fun for me is going to be KJ Martin because the guy jumps out of the gym and, you know, every time he gets the ball on the fast break, it's like, it's like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, it's a, it's a moment similar to Jalen Green, obviously they're, they're, they're cut from a similar cloth in that way. But, uh, but yeah, for me, it's KJ. Gonna have to go with KJ. Um, all right. So we did best moment. We did most fun. Last one that we got here, and we'll get out is most valuable player. Who is this one? Is a little. I don't know if it's actually tricky for me. It's a. I don't know. My my answer is not an answer that I want it to be. I guess I would say is what the reason why it might be kind of tricky, but what is it for you? What would you say the most valuable, who would you say I should say is the most valuable player on the Rockets uh, halfway uh, into the season? I would have to say it's Kevin Porter Jr. And yeah. uh, just, I, I, I have to look and see what the, exactly the numbers are, but it just seems like whenever he's not on the floor offensively, they go into the tank. Um, again, it, it's not always going to look great with him, but he can put the ball in the bucket. He can make. He, he shot the three ball uh, better than most on this team. He's able to get to the free throw line. Uh, he's a good distributor. The turnovers he's got to get better at. But I think I do think that without him, it's looked a whole lot different uh, when he's not on the floor than when he is on the floor. So for me, um, it would be it would be Kevin Porter Jr. Just because of what they ask him to do too. He like you could there there are probably other guys like I do think that like KJ Martin has an argument for it this year. But they don't ask KJ Martin to do nearly as much as what they ask Kevin Porter Jr. to do. You can probably say the same thing with Alperin Shingun, but the, the Rockets don't ask uh, 
Shingen to do nearly as much as they ask Kevin Porter Jr. to do. So for me, it's Kevin Porter Jr. just because he has been productive and they ask him to do so much. And is he ready to do all that? Probably not. But I do think that he's handled it pretty well, you know, as well as you can uh, for someone that's in his position. I mean, the guys on this team that they asked to do the most are Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Um, I don't have usage rates in front of me right now or anything like that, but like those are the guys that they are asking to do the most of, or asking the most of. I'm sure that they lead the team in shot attempts and, and you know shots per game and all of that. So those are the guys that have the ball in their hand the most. Those are the guys that are asked to do the most. And, and from that standpoint, it really could only come down to one of the two of those guys. And like I, I, I think you could maybe some of the other starters you could make a case for, but I, I think that's that's pretty much it. Those two guys, and Kevin Porter Jr. is the more consistent one of the two this year. And and to me, that that's what it comes down to. Of of the players that are asked to do a lot on this team, Kevin Porter Jr. is the most consistent among them. I, I like that you mentioned KJ Martin as somebody who could be in the mix for that if if he was asked to do more obviously he just doesn't have the ball in his hands enough and doesn't have to make enough decisions to to really be in this conversation but yeah it's kevin porter jr he he is the and it does it does not always look great i am not sold on kevin porter jr point guard per se i also don't think it necessarily has to be you know i, you know, I think the whole point guard thing is a little bit overplayed but it, but but not when he's turning the ball over, and not when the when the team itself is this bad as it is at turning the ball over. I think that all of that matters, and all of that is important. And the person that has the ball the most, the point guard, quote unquote, uh, has to bear a lot of the the, the blame for that. So I don't want to run away from that. But at the same time, um, production wise, and you know a lot of the things that you mentioned, he is their most consistent player, uh, especially at the guys that they ask a lot of. You know, and, and and I would like for the answer to be different. I would love to be able to get up here and say that that, that it's actually Jalen Green. Maybe, maybe that maybe the fact that he's not the answer to this question is the reason why he's the answer to one of the previous questions about being the most disappointing player. Because I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you that that the most valuable player on this team right now is the one who I think is going to be the 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 best player on the team when they're good again, or at least I thought that at, at one point. Uh, but but no, right right now, um, the most consistent guy is uh, is someone that that I argued earlier might have been better suited in a six man role last year, you know. Um, and again, I, I said that a little bit tongue in cheek because I understood what the Rockets were trying to do there with the development of Kevin Porter Jr. But uh, but I'll be damned, man, if he actually hasn't uh, hasn't shown a lot of growth, uh, still needs to show a lot of growth, I think. Um, but at this point and, and i don't know maybe this is an indictment on the team and, and indicative of where they are right now why they're the worst team in the league because the most valuable player on their team is kevin porter jr and, and maybe that should never be the case to be honest yeah well, i just want to go through some of the numbers here because um uh, you look across the board they are career highs you know 19.5 points a game up from 15.6 a year ago minutes are obviously a career high he's shooting the ball better this year from the field 43.8 percent after 41.5 percent last year he's actually been worse on three pointers but he's been better on two pointers so uh, you can tell he's got a little bit stronger and just has an ability to finish through contact in the paint a little bit better um 
4.7 free throws a game after he was averaging 3.2 last year. He's rebounding more, averaging more than a rebound uh, more per game. Uh, defensively, he takes on some of the bigger challenges. Like they will start him on Luka Doncic quite a bit. You know, they, the the game where they played uh, Dallas and Eric Gordon didn't play. It was Kevin Porter Jr. who was the uh, who got the initial assignment on Doncic. Um, the the assists are down, the turnovers are up. That's a problem. Uh, and that's something that does need to get better. But I do think that he has probably been their best and most consistent player through the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Well, uh, those are the Rockets' first half awards ballot. Um, a, a, a little bit um, sad there that the most that we agree that the most valuable player is Kevin Porter Jr., um, you probably, you're probably, and then this is no disrespect to Kevin Porter Jr. Kept a credit to him in working on this game and being where he is at this point, uh, you know, getting that contract and, and, and all of that, like shout out to Kevin Porter Jr. And all that, but man, if that's, if that's your most valuable player, you know, you're, you're, you're probably going to be somewhere around where you are right now as a team, you know? And so it, you know, says something that that's the most valuable player and that at least one of us you know, thought that the that the person that should be the most viable player has been the most disappointing. So, you know, want to see that turn. Uh, got a whole second half of the season to go. Looking forward to it. I agree with your point earlier, Adam, that the that the best moment is going to be when game 82 uh, is, is wrapped up. I don't want to see no challenges. I don't want to see no we're going to go to the to the scores table and see if that was a flagrant one or if we're going to upgrade that foul. If it's a clear path versus what are, what are we doing with this clear path versus take, take foul thing. Transition. Take. Transi uh, yeah. I, I don't want none of that. Like on that 82nd game, we need to get the running clock going, man. We need to get the running clock going and let's get straight to the business. Let's get straight to the off season. Cause that's what this is going to be all about, man. That's what, uh, that that that's what's gonna, you know, really generate a lot of conversation and get uh, get a lot of people excited about where this franchise is going, man. So, yeah, man. First half, first half awards ballots with Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane on the H Town Hoops podcast. We got Austin Mendez producing this thing for us. Make sure that you are subscribing, rating, reviewing, and telling people about the podcast so we can grow this audience and share this thing. And until next time, y'all be good.